This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact through the power of professional speaking, facilitation, and executive and leadership coaching. Today, I'd like to talk about being a catalyst leader. What does that mean? Are you one? To explain, I am interviewing someone who I have long been a fan of. This woman is someone I followed online and finally got a chance to meet about a year ago. She is one of the most impressive authorities on personal branding and I have learned so much by watching her, and I have learned and been inspired to make adjustments in my own work as a professional. I'm talking about Jane Anderson. Jane Anderson is a strategic communications expert, and she's got over 20 years of experience in the area of personal branding and content creation. She's worked with over 50,000 thousand people on building more trust and influence in their businesses and their brands. That's not all. Jane's blog was voted in the top 10 branding blogs in all of Australia, where she's based. And she's one of the top 30 branding gurus globally. She is the host of the iTunes podcast, The Jane Anderson Show, and she's interviewed experts around the world, including Seth Godin. She's been featured in Business Insider, The Today Show, Sky Business, Sydney Morning Herald, and The Age. She's the author of seven books, including her upcoming book, Catalyst Content. I am super excited to have with me today the amazing, Jane Anderson. Jane, welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Eddie. I I don't know if you want a job, but do you think you could come on the road with me and do every intro? <laughs> <laughs> You're really good at this. You've done this before. Uh, so thank you very much. I think it's a mutual admiration society today. I'm thrilled to be on here and to work with you and uh, for your audience today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. And it's easy to get excited uh, to talk about someone like you, Jane. And uh, folks have to always ask this in the end, but tell us your website, Jane. 
Yeah, thank you. It's uh, www.jane-anderson.com. So it's Jane hyphen, not the underscore, like the one that's on the bottom, the line that's in the middle. <laughs> so jane-anderson.com. Excellent. And I'm asking that at the beginning right away because, folks, if you're sitting in front of a computer listening to this episode, I want you to go to that website. It is one of the most beautiful websites I've seen. When we're talking about branding, Jane lives her brand through and through. It's evidenced on every page. And when you meet her in person, she's a walking, living, breathing uh, rendition of what we aspire to be as great leaders and represent ourselves in a way that's consistent with our messaging. So I want to talk about that with you, Jane. And then later on, we're going to talk about your book by the topic that we mentioned when we talked about your bio. Why is branding so important for leaders? Yeah, and it's such a great question because I don't know about you, Eddie, and I know you do so much in the leadership space. And, you know, I think up until now, when I first heard about personal branding or this concept of, of branding, you know, I was doing a marketing degree. I was in my second year at uni and uh, or what we, we call it uni here in Australia, so university. Thank you, because I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, I remember, I'm showing my age now, but I was in my second year of university and this article came out that Tom Peters wrote and first coined this term around personal branding. And, and I think for a long time that it's kind of been this concept of, you know, personal branding sounds like something that people do if they have too much time and money on their hands. Um, but as you, as you really start to get into leadership development and, you know, I spent um, 10 years in leadership development in corporate, in the corporate space. And, you know, when you start to realise actually when you're stepping into a leadership role, it's whilst the role is about leading others, is that you have to have that really strong sense of your own identity and who you are because that's challenged and you will cover up against that every single day. So um, a big part, and essentially branding, is being able to identify who you are as a leader. You know, Jeff Bezos says it's what people say about you when you're not in the room. Uh, Tom Peters will say that it's uh, the promise that, that you make to the marketplace and to the world. Uh, and when I'm working with, with leaders, I think uh, what I do is I just work out with them what is it that is your real area of, of what's your genius? What are you most known for? And how do you use that to motivate, connect, engage and inspire people? And really, if you can work that out, then I think you've got something you can leverage. And it's authentic too. Now, Jane, does this matter for everyday business leaders or should this only be for folks who are in the marketing space? Great question. We all have a personal brand, whether we like it or not. <laughs> it's just whether you've got the one you want. Um, <laughs> uh, I always see branding as really about making a conscious choice about what you're doing and are you are you being known for what you want to be known for. So regardless of whether you're in marketing or whether you're in corporate America or corporate Australia, if you're listening to, to this, is that... I know I do this a lot with universities, research institutes and, and even uh, emerging leaders and it doesn't really matter. I, what I find is it, it 
branding doesn't discriminate. <laughs> so regardless of whatever level you are, even if you're a graduate, maybe you're just starting in your first role, maybe you're not even in a, a, a leadership or a management position. Uh, at the end of the day, it's about taking control of your personal brand, making conscious choices about who you are and how you influence and engage people um, because otherwise you're just at the peril of what, uh, what the world wants you to be or how it perceives you. And then as a result, you're not going to get opportunities or you're going to have to work really hard to work around them. And you're not getting a voice. Perhaps you're not being heard for, you know, the ideas that you want to put forward and things like that. You know, we're time poor and when we've got a better sense of what we're trying to do, clarity about where we're trying to go, then uh, you've got to design or really make conscious choices about your brand to do that. Uh, and uh, otherwise, you know, you're you're like a pin. I say you're a bit like you're in a pinball machine. Is that you know you're just pushed around how where do I, whatever everybody else wants you to do. So, what is the first step a leader should take to build their brand? Mm. The first step I say to everybody is you've just got to take the time to just be really clear about who you are so and how that starts is looking at things like what's your vision what's your purpose you know what's your why why are you here uh doing some values work so what are the things that drive you what's important to you um and then looking at who do you serve who is your audience um so if you're within an organization or maybe you're looking at branding or repositioning your brand to be able to progress your career is like maybe it's saying, okay, well, I want to be known in this particular industry. Like if you're wanting to make a move from finance into maybe academia, okay. So first, first of all, you just got to be clear. Just and sometimes that's the hardest bit is going. Oh, I don't know what I want, or maybe I don't know what I want, but I know what I don't want. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also just being clear that a big part for people, and I don't. I don't know, this doesn't perhaps, maybe this resonates with the US, I don't know, Eddie, but we have in Australia this concept of a tall poppy. So the tall poppy syndrome here in Australia is about what I love about Americans is you're so supportive and encouraging of people um, who put themselves out there and have a go. Uh, In Australia we have the tall poppy where we actually cut people down for that. And that's very hard for leaders. It's a real challenge and it creates a lot of fear and anxiety around what people think of me. So you're saying that when someone wants to go out on their own, people will cut them down rather than encourage them. Absolutely. So uh, so even in a leadership role, so even if they're within an organisation, but if they go out on their own in business, you know, hard work is not always in putting yourself out there and putting, you know, whether it's content and putting those things out there. You know, people people say, who does she think she is? <laughs> who does he think he is? Uh, you know, so we have this culture in Australia where it's not cool to put yourself out there. And it's a real challenge for most people and it's a mindset that I find that I have a lot of, it's where I spend most of my time working with leaders. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, and it's it comes from, it's from the, the, the UK and all our 
convict <laughs> background and days. But that's why sometimes I love going to the US because everybody's so enthusiastic about each other. And, uh, you know, I love that bit of an injection of that when I go over there. And I go, oh, good. I come back and feel so much better. That it's, makes what you've accomplished even more impressive to me then, Jane. Oh, you're very kind. No, because fun. really, the way that you've taken the risk then, I'm understanding now, it's been more courageous than what I'd even imagined because you are out there and you are out there quite vividly in living color, if you will, because you always have great flowers and uh, you, you're, you're elegant white. And I mean, you're, you're out there and people can see you and aspire to be like you. So what gave you the courage to step out there in this kind of an environment? Yeah, well, you know, I get a, get the odd person perhaps who hasn't spent much time with me. First of all, their comments will be, oh, this is so easy for you. You know, you just, you're just like this. You were born like this. And, and I say, well, I, for those who know me well, I'm actually an introvert and I'm not a centre of attention person. I, uh, it, I find it very tiring. And uh, I go naturally, I'm not, uh, you know, I met you at the speakers uh, event last year, which was terrific, but I find standing on stages is really tiring for me. Um, and so it's not that this comes naturally to me at all. It's just I worked out a system and a way to make it work. And in a way that you can still be authentic and congruent with who you are. Uh, and so what I love doing is I love giving people permission to find a way to do that and to think, you know what, I know this is what people think. I know it's probably people are saying, you know, who does she think she is and, you know, um, and the whole tall poppy thing. But um, that's my crusade. My crusade is to help people overcome that tall poppy a little bit and just to feel like you can put yourself out there. Don't worry about what other people think. And this is not something that came naturally to me, but here's the process that I've found worked for me. And we can do your version of that for you. This is just my version of it. And I've been able to work out how to do it. And I've gotten a bit more comfortable with it, but it definitely does not excite me about putting myself out there all the time. It's not natural at all, but I've just learned how to do it. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And as I said, I'm, I'm even more impressed now knowing that because I had no idea that that was the case there. And part of your strategy has been to create content. And I got to tell you, one day you put up a post and I may not get the wording exactly right, but it was something along the lines of instead of waking up and consuming content, wake up and create content. Mm. And I said, ouch. You hit me right between the eyes because the first thing I do is I wake up and I watch the morning news and and yeah. or read the paper or something. And that made so much sense for thought leaders that we yeah. should be creating. So what made you write that and do that to me? Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> uh I think there, there are a couple of things. For some of your audience and maybe you, Eddie, you probably heard of Marie Folio, so I can't take 100% credit for it. So Marie Folio, she's written the book, Everything is Figureoutable. She's just recently written it. Uh, and I followed her for a little while, based in the US, of course, and she put up a quote one day that said, create before you consume. And I thought, oh, that's so true. Of course of course, that's what we need to do. Because once we end up in consuming, we end up down this rabbit hole and it's really hard to get back. 
Now, a couple of things that have that stand out to me and why this matters even more and what inspired me to keep talking about this with people is that, and this is a bit different to the US too, Eddie. So here in Australia, because of our tall, tall poppy a little bit, we have a very, we celebrate humility a lot in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a challenge here. There was some research that came out at the end of 2017 that said the, you know, the world is consuming more information than ever. But the challenge in Australia is, uh, compared to the US, is that the US is consuming more information than ever, but the US market for people who are creating content, thought leaders, experts in their field, are creating a lot of content too. So they're kind of keeping up with the trend. In Australia, though, The research said Australians are consuming more content than ever, but we're creating less. And I was like, wow, we really are lazy. How bad is that? So, (laughs) but what it is, is, you know, this is the other reason with the tall poppy, it impacts on business growth. It impacts on you being able to step up and have a message and put yourself out there. Um, But what I admire so much about Americans is that, you know, you are able to take advantage of that platform and I think we have a lot to learn in that space. But in it, the other thing too is that what I found, in, and for you, I don't know if you found this, Eddie, but when because we both work and surrounded by our colleagues and, and friends who are experts in their field is that uh, we sometimes wait for this bolt of, you know, lightning to come along and give us this magical idea and, you know, and suddenly there's our thought leadership and <laughs> we wait for that moment. And the reality is is that that does not happen unless you've done the work. So what I really encourage people to do is chip away every day and if you're creating before you're consuming, you're actually uh, able to start to share, articulate and uh, be able to step into the problem sets that people have, the issues that you solve and start to get your ideas out there because the reality is no one is going to turn up at your front door and say, can you please tell me everything you know and I'll write it all down and I'm going to publish it all for you. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So, so you have to take control, make conscious choices about getting in control of your time And when you get up in the morning is going, right, I'm not looking at anything. I'm not going to look at the TV. I'm not going to look at Facebook. I'm not going to do anything until I've spent half an hour, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, taking some time to get my thoughts down and start to unpack my thought leadership. Because if we don't do that, then otherwise we're we're doing, that's what 99% of the population are doing. Only 1% of people on LinkedIn write content. So if you want to be a leader, you've got to be able to lead a message. You've got to lead a community and you've got to lead your time in doing that um, because otherwise you're a follower. Thank you. And now you have just reset my calendar for tomorrow, what I'm going to do when I wake up again. (laughs) We're talking to the amazing Jane Anderson. She's a strategic communications expert, and we're talking about the power of personal branding for leaders. We'll have more with Jane right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. 
Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Chester Elton, the Apostle of Appreciation, and you're listening to the Keep Leading Podcast with the one, the only, Eddie Turner. Okay, we're back, everyone. I am talking to one of my favorite people ever, uh, the amazing Jane Anderson. She is a strategic communications expert. She's all about branding, and we're talking about why branding is important for leaders. And not just branding or a part of the branding strategy is producing content. And that's what we were talking about before we went to break. Jane, there's something that you said that I found fascinating. And I'd just love for you as we wrap up that part of our conversation. You said if you can brand authentically, market persuasively, and sell confidently, your business will grow. Absolutely. Spot on. (laughs) So when you tell people that... What does that do to them? Yeah, I, you know, I think what happens is, you know, we see people who are starting out, particularly if they're making career transitions out of corporate and starting their own practices as experts, uh, and then you see others who have, who have already got really successful practices and they're ready to level up. And those three things, I find most people struggle sometimes to work out why their practice may not be growing or how to get started. And those three things, uh, I find, you know, otherwise your practice just kind of seems like this whole mishmash of all this stuff you have to do. And um, I find that if you can work out, you've got branding, you've got marketing and you've got selling. And so if people are having a sales problem, then more often than not, they've actually got a marketing problem. So we have to work backwards. So Mm. if you're not selling anything, if people aren't buying anything, it generally means that the value proposition or how you, or what you're actually marketing, it, it, the customer doesn't understand how to buy that. So we have to actually, it's not necessarily that, you know, we've got to go out and just sell and try and push harder for people. Is sometimes we have to go back and say, okay, well, you're not selling anything because the marketing and the message and things that you're trying to say or the, or the platforms you're on actually don't match the people you're trying to sell to. And then more often than not, people will come to me for a marketing problem. So they might come to me and say, I need some help with my social media. And I'll say, <laughs> let's have a look at that. And then I say, what's the problem? And they say, um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I say, okay, so you don't have a marketing problem. You actually have a branding problem. So we've got to go back again. So because if you've got a branding problem or if you're identifying what your brand is, you know exactly who you are, your vision, your values, your purpose, your customer, what their challenges are and what how you're going to um, help them and the problems that you solve. So I find that it's actually knowing those three things, branding, marketing and selling, if you know those three things, it's able to help people to diagnose really quickly where their problems might be or the blockages are or equally where we need to amplify it a bit more to get that brand to grow. What a nice formula. I like that. Thank you for sharing that, Jane. Now, Thank you. This leads into this idea of being a catalyst as a leader. Talk mm-hmm. about how you've woven that together very nicely and, and you have an upcoming book that addresses this as well. Thank you. Yeah. So this year, into 2019, Uh, I really spent a lot of time and still am working with leaders in large organisations, global multinationals, uh, and they're going through mostly transformational change. 
And the challenge that they've got, they're in, in global communities. Uh, there's a lot of people in a lot of different places. And then the challenge with, with going through transformational change is that you, uh, the game that you're playing is actually around trust. So you're trying to keep really high levels of psychological safety, which some of your listeners may or may not have heard of. So psychological safety is that sense of trust and belonging that I'm going to be okay um, through change. And so for leaders, there's so much more pressure on them to be able to help people through that change. On the other hand, I do a lot of work with comms teams, so communications teams in uh, marketing and internal comms, and their challenge is that they say to me, you know what, I get really tired of creating content for leaders. We've got so many leaders in our organisation and they don't know what to say. We've got intranet platforms, you know, we've put in Workplace or we've put in Yammer and I just wish people would use it. Um, so they've spent a lot of money implementing these things, but then they're going, okay, so all our leaders, what we, here's what we want you to do. We want you to put up a video every morning. It'll take you like five minutes to do, and we want, to use, want you to do that, and we want you to communicate your message and keep leading through, people through change, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's very easy. So, yeah, so and then as a comms person, I can get to back to what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm sick of putting content on a silver platter for leaders to go out and communicate. So their challenge is they're getting pulled in a lot of direction right. directions and they're getting frustrated with having to create so much content and feeling like I have to do this for people, I have to keep putting this on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. And so but the impact of that is that leaders are not necessarily learning how to create their own content and they can actually do it really well. If, if anything, they can sometimes do it even better there's a fear that comes with, oh, my God, what if I put this content up or what if I put this video up because there's a vulnerability that comes with that, there's a power uh, impact on, on on their influence and power in the organisation. So if I say the wrong thing, it's quite different to saying that, you know, on a LinkedIn post or something. So there's a lot more at stake sometimes. So what I noticed is that there's, and leaders, if you're going through transformational change, there's so much reactivity, there's so much going on. Then on top of that, you're trying to go, okay, well, so if I do this, how do I do this so that it's inclusive, uh, that I don't upset anybody? I've got all these other issues that I've got to try and make sure I do the right thing. And so as a result, what kind of happens is they go, uh, you know what, that's all too hard. I might do it next week. So, but leaders have this responsibility to, it's not just the face-to-face conversations anymore. You know, for example, I'm working with an organisation at the moment. Their head office is here. They have a very large office in Kansas City in the US. Uh, They have office in Singapore and in China. Now, so uh, for them is that when I'm working with one of the leaders in China, uh, storytelling about herself and being vulnerable and being able to tell a hero's journey type story about her failings as a leader and now, you know, and being open, uh, there's a lot of cultural challenges that come with that. Uh, whereas in Australia and the US, leaders are sometimes a little bit more comfortable with that. Um, so then you've got, okay, well, what if we've got um, we've got to translate that content? What if we've got people in the workplace who aren't necessarily don't necessarily have high levels of, uh, if they're in uh, Singapore, China, how do we get 
that content with captions or how do we make it easy for them to do a translation on the platform? There's all these questions that come up. And so what I've really spent my time on is helping leaders, particularly those who are, who are responsible, whether it's HR leaders or whether it's the executive team, and now we're starting to work with some of the more frontline leaders on what is your content plan for driving change because this is not the responsibility of the marketing team anymore. There's too, there's so much bottlenecked there and their work to the bone. What we need to do is let them to come out and facilitate with you and enable you and empower you to have this skill to be able to communicate and lead people through change and not just think that, oh, that's not my job. Your job is to lead change, and but we've got to amplify it and we've got to be able to lead, create the influence that you need in the moments that matter. And if you're frustrated that you can't get the influence or the motivation in the moments that matter, which is generally that sales time, mm -hmm. <laughs> I need you to do this, or equally is when things go wrong. We know through transformational change things don't go to plan sometimes. So you've got to get enough credits in the account to get that trust built. And the only way you can do that is to stay visible, make sure that you're sending the right messages, being uh, transparent, uh, you know, being inclusive, authentic, vulnerable, being empathetic, all those things, And but you've got to be able to do it at a, at a bigger scale so that you get the influence in the moments that matter. Very good. Are there elements, if I am a leader who wants to be a catalyst leader, are there elements that you would recommend for us to be able to create content? Yeah, great. So a couple of things. One is, one of the first things I really encourage people to do is I get them to vision, envision some of these transformational projects, uh, three, five-year, some 10-year projects. So the first thing I get them to do is to think about over the next 12 to 18 months, if you projected yourself to 12 months down the track, what would be happening that tells you that this transformation is going well and going to plan and get them to envision that? Then I ask them, what are the key, I mean, five or six key messages or key things that you think would be contributors to that, that would be helping people to get to that point? Uh, and then the next thing I do is help them to unpack their own thought leadership a little bit in a way. So I teach content creation for thought leaders, experts in their field, but I do a slightly simpler version if I was working with leaders in organisations. And in their case, what they do is we unpack, uh, depending on how often that piece of content needs to go out, so it might be once a week. So I'll say, great, okay, so over the next six months, you need 26 messages to be going out or if it's monthly then we might say okay well you need six six videos and six key messages to go out um, and then what we do is I help them unpack it so what are the stories what are the metaphors what do you what's your opinion on that what's the research behind that and so for example for your listeners as you would know uh, you've probably heard a lot about the fires here in Australia at the moment and a lot of our leaders and people in our community have been affected by that. And so what I've been doing with them is, even for some of them, is unpacking 
some of those stories? What have they seen as leaders in their communities or people who have been affected? How have people in their communities got through change and massive disruption? We didn't expect a fire to come through our, our town and wipe everything out. So there's some really incredible stories coming out and storytelling is a really big part of being able to lead people through that change. And if you want to be a catalyst leader, then you've got to come up with some catalyst content. And it's not just content as in, I'm going to spam everybody, is I love the quote by Anne Headley who says that the world doesn't need more content, it needs more valuable content Mm, and content that actually drives change. And so it's not about noise, it's about meaningful, purposeful content aligned with change that will inspire and motivate and engage your people. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Good, actionable steps that we can take as leaders to be a catalyst leader. And by the way, yes, our our heart, our prayers go to the people in Australia being affected by these uh, horrific events with the fires. Thank you. You know, I I think we've seen such an incredible outpouring from so many people, celebrities, the the amount of donations and things like that has just been extraordinary. So so I know that uh, every person I speak to and there's a lot happening here in terms of philanthropy and contribution and spending time doing things to help communities get back on their feet. So um, I know for if I could speak for people here that how much that is so appreciated and your thoughts and prayers are so valued. Yes, indeed. We're with you. Well, how would you summarize our conversation that we've had today, Jay? Yeah, I think today is really about why leaders need to not just be leading change, but being able to be the catalyst in that change. So I think we've had a good chat about that. We've talked, I think we've been talking about personal branding and the value of personal brand and how you've got one, whether you like it or not. That's just whether you've got the one you want. Uh, So I think today's really been, for me, about um, making really conscious choices about leading change, being a leader. And um, and if I think about it, I'm going, what a, what better opportunity to talk about it than with, with someone like Eddie Turner? That's <laughs> <quite> my hope. <laughs> Thank you, Jade. Thank well, you. This is the Keep Leading Podcast, another Keep Leading Podcast. We like to give leaders not just the great content you gave us, but other quick thoughts or pieces of advice that they can take with them to keep leading. Is there a quote that sticks with you that you'd like to share? Yeah, my favorite, I think, of all time is the great Stephen Covey's quote where he says, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And at the end of the day, if you're going to be a catalyst leader, you've got to really understand your people first before you can start telling them what to do. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And as we said at the top of the show, we want you to go to Jane's website, connect with her on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. She's everywhere and you will learn a lot. We're going to put the information about how to connect to Jane in the show notes and she'll have her page on the keepleadingpodcast.com website. Check it out. Jane, thank you for being a guest on the Keep Leading Podcast. Thanks so much, Eddie. And thank you for listening. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of 
once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So, whatever you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.